You are listening to Reach MD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Recent advances in technology have allowed physicians to easily remove painful uterine fibroids, which in the past were treated with invasive surgeries. We will discuss a new technique that can provide relief to thousands of women with uterine fibroids on this Clinician's Roundtable. Welcome, I'm Dr. Kathleen Margolin, and joining me from Atlanta, Georgia, is my guest, Dr. Abbas Shamsuddin, Associate Professor of Interventional Radiology in the Emory School of Medicine. Welcome, Dr. Shamsuddin. Thank you for having me here today. Doctor, what is the prevalence of uterine fibroids, and what symptoms can develop from uterine fibroids? Well, up to 40% of women at some point in their life cycle, they're going to develop uh, fibroids. That's the bad news. The good news is that not all of them have problems with these fibroids. As I say that, I stress on the fact if a patient accidentally finds out that she has fibroids, that is not causing her any problems at all, she does not have to worry about it, provided that we are sure that the diagnosis is that of fibroids. Now, what kind of problems they cause? Typically, heavy cycle, bleeding between cycles, which can be heavy, severe and continuous bleeding, cramping, back pain, pelvic pain, heaviness in the legs, pressure on the bladder, that is the patient goes to the bathroom a lot, pressure on the nerves in the legs and they can get you know, pain in their legs and so forth. What has been the traditional treatment for uterine fibroids? Well, traditionally, and we say that you know, up to 10 years ago, the typical treatment has been to either remove the fibroid itself through a procedure called a myomectomy, which can be performed through opening the belly and cutting out a fibro- the fibroid from the uterus or with a, a scope that goes in and kind of fish the fibroid out or removing the entire uterus, which is basically a, a radical surgery to remove the entire organ out. Tell us about the latest development, the use of embolization to treat fibroids. If you think about it, we we don't like to call it a tumor because every time we use that word, people get nervous. It's a mass that sits in the uterus and formed of muscle cells and fiber that grows up in the uterus. And it causes problem because it is there because of its physical presence in the uterus. Basically, it distorts the normal functionality of the uterus, its ability to contract and stop the bleeding. Now, what's available today is what we call uterine fibroid embolization. And basically, what we do here is we go through a tiny small puncture in the groin inside the arteries going to the uterus. And we inject small little pellet-like particles that will go and fly primarily to the blood vessels going to the fibroid, blocking those blood vessels to the fibroid. What happens is that the fibroid cannot survive without blood coming to it. And what will happen, it will die. The medical term to that is infarct. It becomes scar tissue and slowly starts shrinking down, becomes a very soft tissue rather than a hard tissue sitting in the muscle of the uterus. So basically, we turn it from a baseball to a softball, if I may say. With time, it will start shrinking and become nothing but a scar tissue in the uh, uterus. Some women sometimes might pass these fibroid, or the fibroid might become so small as to 
physically actually nearly disappearing. Is this an outpatient procedure or does it require hospitalization? While it can be performed as an outpatient procedure, there are certain practices that do that as an outpatient procedure. We like to admit our patients for one night stay in the hospital because what happens as the procedure is finished, fibroids starts dying immediately and they hurt. They can hurt and therefore we'd like to keep our patients on pain medications so that really they're comfortable over the night. By the next day, it's really the first few hours that are the worst. And by the next day, these fibroids are dead. The cramping has gone down tremendously. We send them home on some pain medicine, antibiotics, and something for nausea and things like that. So particles of polyvinyl alcohol or other types of particles are injected slowly with x-ray guidance. Tell us about that part of the procedure. Basically, a long tube called a catheter is injected inside the artery that goes to the, actually to the uterus. The uterus has two of these arteries. And using a syringe that is filled with these small particles, you said it PVA or polyvinyl alcohol or gelatin, we just slowly inject them and they float with the blood flow to the fibroids. Having said that, the fibroids, as it grows up in the uterus, we know that it starts stealing blood from the uterus. In addition, we size these particles in such a way that they cannot go inside the normal small arteries of the uterine muscle, therefore preventing them from hurting the uterus itself. And that's the nice part of the procedure. The procedure is done under x-ray. We see exactly where the catheter is going. It's actually pretty interesting because you are inside the vessel and you see, you know, just like when you go inside the arteries of the heart and you see those, the same thing in here. Those particles, I have to stress, are very inert and they don't interact with the body. Basically, they don't cause any reaction. There has been no reported allergy or anything like that to these particles. It was, with time, they eventually get resolved and, the, and they get degraded by the body, but they stay there inside the arteries of the fibroid as a, just like a suture material inside the fibroid substance. If you've just joined us, you're listening to Reach MD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Kathleen Margolin, and my guest is Dr. Abbas Chamsudin, Associate Professor of Interventional Radiology in the Emory School of Medicine, and we are discussing the use of embolization to treat fibroids. Dr. Chamsudin, what are the side effects of this procedure? Well, again, like we mentioned earlier, every procedure has side effects. Again, when you compare it to the traditional therapy of, you know, open surgery and, you know, complications related to it, the side effects from it are much, much more tolerated. Pain is the main thing that's going to happen after the procedure. The cramping will slowly decrease over a week time. And that's really a a variable thing. We've had patients having very minimal cramping and we've had patients having a lot of cramping after the procedure. Other side effect, of course, bleeding at the puncture site, which is really not a big issue because we can easily hold pressure at the puncture site and stop the bleeding. Infection has been reported. Basically, patients might have vaginal discharge or fever or things like that and is typically treated with antibiotics. The worst-case scenario is that the entire uterus might not like the embolization process and might completely die. And that has been reported in about half a percent to one percent of patients. But with our knowledge improving and increasing over the years with this procedure, we have been able to really select the appropriate particles and the appropriate vessels to minimize this uh, side effect. 
What does having this procedure mean for women who seek to become pregnant later? Well, that's a good question. If you ask me what is the percentage or what is the chance of a woman having bearing children after this procedure, I'm going to say I don't know. And that would be the same answer I would give after a myomectomy. Because the, the issue of fertility really starts with the male partner, to the ovaries, to the tube, to the uterus itself. But I can tell you that there are many women that went on and got pregnant after this procedure. And in one study where myomectomy, which is removal of the fibroid alone, not the whole uterus, versus embolization, they both have been found to have just about the same rate of pregnancy in patients that had this procedure. With this procedure, could the fibroids grow back? Well, if the procedure is fully successful in cutting the blood supply to the fibroid, the fibroid that dies, no, because it's dead tissue. Dead tissue doesn't grow back again. It's really only tissue left behind that's still viable that did not get embolized, number one, or any fibroid starting from scratch right the day after the, the procedure. Will this technology soon be available to most treating physicians? Well, it's available throughout the country now, and in most hospitals that have, you know, an interventional radiology service, this procedure is being performed or can be performed throughout the country. Patients that would be interested in finding out about a physician close to them can go to certain websites. I would recommend the Society of Interventional Radiology website, which is SIRweb, that's S-I-R-W-E-B dot org. They can find an interventional radiologist in their area that treats uterine fibroids. How do interested physicians go about acquiring the necessary equipment and training to do this? They have to, just like you specialize in cardiology or other subspecialty, they have to do a particular training in interventional radiology, and they have to do one year of subspecialty training. And during that training, they will be able to acquire this necessary skill. So if one is already an interventional radiologist, they would have to still go through that? If they are already an interventional radiologist, they should be able to perform this procedure. Now, if some of them have been trained a long time ago and they feel, you know, they'd like to acquire the skills, there are certain courses that are given every year that includes didactic and hand-on procedures, and we offer uh, proctoring of physicians also, and that should be enough for them to be able to start with, you know, straightforward cases. Thank you for listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Kathleen Margolin, and my guest has been Dr. Abbas Shamsuddin, Associate Professor of Interventional Radiology at the Emory School of Medicine. Thank you for joining me, Dr. Shamsuddin. Thank you very much. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.